Yo, 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 what's good, Addicts Gang? It's Frank here bringing you the NFL preseason takeaways. I'm going to start us off with the AFC Conference. Going to do this in two parts. Don't want to rush through every single team all at once, but we want to give you guys basically an overview of everything that's happened in the preseason. To be honest, there's a lot of irrelevant things that go on during the NFL preseason. A lot of irrelevant players, no disrespect to them, got to absolutely respect the hustle um, that these guys show in the preseason to make the rosters to change their lives. Um, but for the most part, when it comes to fantasy football, there's only you know a quarter here or a drive there or a couple of drives or who gets to play and who doesn't get to play at certain times that actually matters for fantasy football. So we want to basically cut all of that irrelevant stuff and give you just the very important stuff that's going to matter for your fantasy drafts that I'm sure are going to be happening um, in the next week as the lead up to week one. Can't believe we are only two weeks away at the time of recording. Um, very keen for the NFL season to start. And uh, yeah. Let's get stuck in. We're going to start off with the AFC. Um, I'm going to start off with the Buffalo Bills. For the most part, they've been relatively predictable. I think given that Damian Harris has been injured, hasn't really had a look in at preseason very much, Tavius Murray's been sprinkled in at times with the first team to sort of be that relief running back for James Cook. But I think the takeaway for this team is that James Cook is the running back one uh, on this team. And I think that's been really clear from day one, especially all the reports coming out of camp, how much they want to use him in the passing game as well. They do have Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis, who are the clear one and two in this offense. I don't buy into the Khalil Shakir hype. Um, I think it's going to be, you know, Steph Diggs being the clear alpha, Gabe Davis the number two. Then James Cook is basically, there's room there for him to catch a lot of passes from Josh Allen this season. They want to use him in the running game. Um, was a really efficient runner and he's limited use as a rookie. But I think their moves in the offseason um, and then well, lack thereof have shown how much they believe in him as a player. And I think he's going to be a really good pe- a really good piece um, for the Buffalo Bills. Where he's going in redraft leagues, I think he's a really good value. I think he presents genuine top 15 upside. Well, you're getting him at like the running back 20 right now. Um, I think genuine top 15 upside. If he does catch 50-plus balls and he gets 150 carries, he's going to push for that top 12 finish. Um, someone I'd genuinely targeting in drafts. We saw a little bit of Josh Allen. We didn't see too much um, from the first team offense from the Bills this preseason, which is fair enough. Like if I've got Josh Allen, I know how good he is. I don't need to see him play in the preseason, risking injury. Um, He's going to be, you know, arguably the quarterback one. The only guy you take ahead of him is Patrick Mahomes and potentially if you're a Jalen Hurts truther like myself, you know, I might catch myself taking Jalen Hurts ahead of Josh Allen, but realistically it's Josh Allen, then Jalen. But then he's going to look really good. Stefan Diggs, despite all of these, you know, nagging rumors about him and Josh Allen having a falling out, they're not getting along. He's going to be good. Um, he's not getting traded. Um, they're not, you know, wasting a season of Josh Allen's potential. His team's ready to build and is ready to, you know, be built and win now. Um, he's not going anywhere. He's going to be fantastic for fantasy as well. Someone's going in the first round of drafts, and rightfully so. If he ever falls to the, you know, beginning of the second round in your draft, scoop him up. Realistically, he's probably a top 10, top 8 pick um, in fantasy football drafts this season. Nothing too uh, crazy and exciting from the Buffalo Bills um, in preseason. Just think that Damien Harris is not going to be as involved as people initially may have thought when he was signed there. Moving on to another division um, foe of the Buffalo Bills, we've got the Miami Dolphins. Um, The big story coming out of the offseason, you could say, was that Tua was 
potentially um, considering retiring in the offseason given these um, issues with concussion. Um, but he is back, looks sharp, looks big. He's been hitting the gym. Um, so Tua looked really nice in preseason, his second start. First start where he threw that interception um, in preseason didn't look great. Um, but I think realistically we saw um, what he can do with Tyreek Hill on the field um, in their limited sample size. But Tyreek Hill looks just as good as ever. Um, Jalen Waddle, unfortunately, has been missing practice and has been injured, so we haven't really been able to see him in the preseason, which is disappointing as someone who owns Jalen Waddle. Um, but I have no um, reservations about how good Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to be. I think they're both in for top 10 finishes yet again, especially if they have Tua there. The numbers are through the roof when Tua's there. Um, I believe he led the league in yards per pass attempt as well um, when he was on the field tour. So if he can stay healthy, I think he even has genuine top 10 potential um, as well. He's someone you can get late in drafts. Like I think given the weapons that he's got in the offense um, that their coaches put them in, he's got top five upside, I think, Tua. So I think it's going to be unlikely, um, and he always is that injury risk. I'm not saying draft him in like the sixth round or the fifth round of your draft, but if you punt quarterback, you don't get one of these elite guys at the very beginning of your drafts. Two is a really nice piece that you can pick up later. Tyreek Hill's going to be as good as ever. Could arguably the wide, be the wide receiver one. I've seen people taking him as high as the 103, which honestly, if you're, you're adverse to going running back and so are your league mates, you know, you might have Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and then Tyreek Hill might be the first three players off the rip. Running back's really out of fashion at the moment. Um, but yeah, nothing really else as far as the wide receiver room goes. The running back room's been interesting. They re-signed Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson in the offseason. Um, and then obviously drafted Devon A-Chain in the third round of the NFL draft. A-Chain's looked okay in spots. I think um, he's a very explosive player, and I think they're going to be able to sprinkle in enough touches for him to be impactful um, from an NFL standpoint. Whether he gets enough of the workload um, to be fantasy relevant remains to be seen, but Jeff Wilson and Raheem Mostert, um, arguably two of the most injury-prone running backs. I don't think... Um, I don't remember the last time they played a full season, especially these old Niners guys. They would just... They would f- absolutely roll through running backs every single season. That's half the reason why Jeff Wilson got such a good look in um, at the Niners and then he's always been brought across to the Miami Dolphins. Same with Raheem Mostert. Um, but Devon A-Chain, again, someone you can get late in drafts um, if his price doesn't continue to inflate. Given that he does have an injury at the moment, um, has been able to keep his price down. I think if he had to come out and dominated preseason, um, there would have been a lot of pressure on his draft price. He may have even crept up into like the eighth round, ninth round of your drafts. And at that point... It becomes a little bit too risky for my mind. I think there's a lot of good players still in that area that can contribute early on in the season um, to get build those wins, to get you into a position to make your fantasy playoffs. Where Devon A-Chain is very much a long-term play. Um, I don't think it's going to be until, you know, week 11, week 12, where Devon A-Chain may be able to carve out a role big enough to be relevant um, for fantasy. As far as the tight ends go, I'm not interested in Durham Smythe. I'm not interested in Tyler Croft, Eric Salbert. I won't be drafting any Dolphins tight ends. I don't think there's going to be enough points to go around there, especially all three of those guys are roughly the same. Um, again, so it's going to be 
Two is a nice late round quarterback. Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle. Um, absolutely locked and loaded. If you can get Jalen Waddle at the back of the second round, early third round, I think that's great. Like if you you might even go like two running backs to start off the rib. If you like pick one and you take Christian McCaffrey and then you get, you know, all the way back around and Jonathan Taylor for you know, may have fallen to the back end of the second round. Um, you've got Josh Jacobs who's fallen to the back end of the second round at the moment. I think his price will come back up given the fact that he's now committed to another one-year extension at $12 million. Um, don't know if you'd be able to get in there, but let's just say that you can, and then you you fire that up with Jalen Model as your wide receiver one going back around. I would have no problems with doing that at all. Um, so Miami Dolphins looking to be an explosive offense this season. Uh, it would be good to see how they go. I'm, I'm pretty well invested. I've got, got two in my leagues, and I've also got Jalen Model as well. So I'll be very, very keen to see how they perform this season. The New England Patriots continue to have very, very boring off-seasons. And they, they, obviously, they were heavily linked to DeAndre Hopkins, given that they need help at wide receiver. Um, they've you know, spent draft picks pretty often, but haven't really made a splash as far as, you know, taking a first-round wide receiver since they did with Nikhil Harry. Um, I'd be scarred for life too. Um, but again... They've made some nice additions, like the addition of Ezekiel Elliott um, in the running back room. They signed Juju Smith-Schuster. Devontae Parker got re-signed. Um, they obviously drafted Demario Douglas in like the seventh round. It looks like he's going to make the roster. Same with Kayshawn Boutte. Um, a lot of guys there like Kendrick Bourne um, now on that roster, roster bubble, um, considering what the moves are made in the offseason. Um Mac Jones, in the limited um, sample size that we've gotten, um, looks to be okay, um, just as Mac Jones always does. Um, the defense for the New England Patriots doesn't look like it's going to be good enough to carry such a mediocre offense, much like it did last year. They were just very average, the New England Patriots, and they just didn't have enough firepower to win games, whether it was at the quarterback position or whether it was with their weapons. Um, so Mac Jones looking very average. At the quarterback position, though, we did see Malik Cunningham um, in the preseason. He looks like a bit of an X factor, um, whether, you know, sixth, seventh round guys, I think he may have even been undrafted. They generally don't make an impact in the NFL. There are obviously exceptions to that, and he could be one. Um, he's someone that I've picked up in a few dynasty leagues just to store him on my bench, put him on um, the taxi squad as well, and just to see um, what happens with him because he does look very dynamic when he runs the ball as well. And then he looked pretty well composed as a passer as well. But again, um, someone that, you know, looking that they may even use him at wide receiver um, just to get the ball in his hands. Definitely someone that's very hard to tackle, very hard to take down. Um, so he's a nice little piece. They look like they've picked up. Um, the running back room is probably the main storyline for the New England Patriots with the signing of Ezekiel Elliott this offseason. They did also just trade Pierre Strong, so it looks like Pierre Strong someone who can catch the ball as well. Um, that probably just solidifies Ramondre Stevenson and potentially Ty Montgomery as the primary pass catchers. I don't think we're going to see Ezekiel Elliott um, catching too many balls in this offense. Um Ramondre Stevenson is someone that obviously gets a massive um, dump as far as perception in the fantasy football landscape because of the addition of Ezekiel Elliott. Um, I think Ramondre is not someone who's going to benefit from 300-plus carries that he was looking like he may be getting this season. Obviously, would have been great for fantasy, but as far as him as a player, uh, I think he can be more explosive with less touches. Um, someone who's heavily involved in the passing game and will continue to be because Ezekiel Elliott doesn't really um, threaten that side of the game. Um, so someone that I, you know, realistically thought could be, a, you know, running back five to running back ten, 
probably falls into that running back 10 to 15 range now. I don't think, given how consistent his usage will be in the passing game, I don't think he's going to fall out of that, you know, early running back two, late running back one um, range just because he's going to be involved. But the use of Zeke Elliott on the goal line, I think, is going to be apparent. And I think it's going to, you know, reduce the touchdown upside Ramondre Stevenson does have. So someone you had to downgrade a little bit, but, you know, if your leagues react too heavily to this news, because Zeke Elliott isn't the player he used to be. I think we all know that. Um, but if they react too heavily to that news, you can get him at a good draft discount. If he falls to the fourth or fifth round, I think that's just a smash pick. Um, there are some leagues out there. I'm probably in one of them, to be honest. Um, and I'll probably be taking Ramondre Stevenson in the fourth or fifth round. The wide receiver room, very crowded, but very average. Um, Juju Smith-Schuster, I think, is clearly the wide receiver one as far as talent goes and pass production and what he's going to be able to do. Um, so, again, someone's probably going to see 100 targets, catch 80 balls and go for, you know, close to 1,000 yards, five touchdowns. Probably that lands you as, what, like the wide receiver 24, wide receiver 30. Um you know, that's okay. Um, you know, if that's what you... If you get him, like, later in your drafts and you just want a guy that you know is going to contribute, Juju Smith-Schuster can definitely be that. Doesn't really have too much upside in this offense. I don't think they're going to be very pass-heavy. Um, they've invested pretty heavily into their running back room, and I think they're going to continue to do that like they did last season. Devontae Parker re-signed as well. Again, not going to realistically be fantasy relevant um, unless there is significant injuries of guys like Juju Smith-Schuster, um, Tyquan Thornton, um, as well as Kayshawn Boutte, Demario Douglas. So these guys look like the group that's going to make the roster, whether that you know pans out that way because there are a lot of names um, that they have brought in. Um, Tyquan Thornton just can't stay healthy. Former second-round pick last season. Didn't really show much as a rookie. Did have some explosive plays, um, but hasn't been able to stay on the practice field. And for a young player, that is so critical, especially when you're trying to build trust um, with Bill Belichick as well and with the young quarterbacks. Um, Demario Douglas seems to be a guy that keeps getting a bit of hype out of camp as well. I think he was a sixth or seventh round pick. Um, has been pushing to make the roster. Keyshawn Boutte started off slowly in camp, apparently, um, but has come around, did show, um, you know, a little bit in that preseason game, catching a touchdown as well. Um, someone that was obviously had an incredible season at LSU, um, and then obviously that second season now completely fell away, um, fell to sixth round of the draft. Um Someone that's sort of fallen off radars, but, you know, potentially could, you know, bounce back to, you know, the potential that we saw earlier in his collegiate career. Um, again, I've got him in a couple spots. Um, just realistically, he's more of an upside play. Um, the New England Patriots wide receiver room is looking for a genuine playmaker. Um, and at the moment, they realistically don't have it. So these running backs could be productive. I think Ezekiel Elliott's a good handcuff as well. If anything were to happen to Ramondre, if anything were to happen to Zeke, both of those guys do get a, a realistically really good boost. We saw Ramondre Stevenson finishes the running back eight last season. So that probably pushes those guys as to a running back one pretty uh, quickly. The final um, division foe. Um, the New York Jets, we've seen them on Hard Knocks. It's been great viewing um, up to the second season. So no spoilers to anyone um, that's going to message me or anything like that. But I want to see um, Aaron Rodgers. He is in the gang green. Um, J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. Um, no, they seem really happy with the performance that they've gotten out of Aaron Rodgers thus far in camp. Um, we saw him in the, his latest preseason start. The action, we finally got to see Aaron Rodgers uh, 
in the green um, in the Meadowlands as well. Uh, looked really good, connected with Garrett Wilson for a touchdown, um, and then they got him off the field pretty quickly. Zach Wilson's looked nice as well in preseason. I think he's going to benefit a lot from Aaron Rodgers. You know, if they can keep him there for a couple seasons, um, Zach Wilson stands to benefit potentially as their long-term starter going forward as well. The running back room is probably where it gets the most interesting. Um, we've seen Brees Hall. I think they were hopeful that he was going to be 100% healthy for week one. It doesn't look like that's going to be the case. I think he's going to play, um, but I don't think he's going to be the workhorse back because what they did a couple of weeks ago is they signed a guy that he's, you might know his name, Delvin Cook, um, to be you know that one-two punch for Brees Hall and himself as well. Um, so Delvin Cook's going to be someone that's going to be involved. You don't pay a running back like $4 million um, on a one-year deal to not use them. It's a it's textbook. You you sign the running back for the one-year deal. You run them into the ground. I think Dalvin Cook um, and Brees Hall are going to be relevant for fantasy. I think it's obvious that they they restrict each other's upside. Um, Brees Hall was someone that, if, if healthy, if he didn't have Dalvin Cook there, he's a top-five running back. Um, I think for Dynasty as well, long-term for Brees Hall, I think this is a good thing long-term. But obviously, if you've got him, you want him to producing as much as he possibly can. Um but Brees Hall is going to be eased into the offense, it seems, as well. I don't think we're going to see him have, you know, 20 carries. It might be something like he has 10 carries and Dalvin Cook has 15. And, you know, they split the passing down work because Dalvin Cook is, an, um, you know, a well-established pass catcher. Um, Michael Carter, Zonovan Knight. Yeah, these guys. And also as well, um, Izzy. Don't make me pronounce his last name. Um but he's also pushing for a roster spot as well. It's going to be interesting to see how that shakes out as well. Because we saw Zonovan Knight last season, you know, contribute in spurts. But it looks like he's going to be the odd man out in the running back room. But Izzy and Mike Carter um, probably realistically aren't going to be super involved um, unless Brees Hall or Dalvin Cook miss time, which we've seen them both do in their careers thus far. Um, I mentioned Garrett Wilson, the undisputed number one wide receiver for Aaron Rodgers. Um, as far as upside, genuine top five upside potential. Um, he's going in the second round. You, you're realistically having to pay the price um, for Garrett Wilson if you think he's a top eight, top five wide receiver. He's going in the second round. You can't get him any later than that. Um, but I think it's going to be a worthwhile investment. Garrett Wilson, um, you know, could be the wide receiver one. We've seen what Aaron Rodgers can do uh, for Devontae Adams. And I'm not saying that Garrett Wilson is Devontae Adams, but in his first season, uh, what we've seen thus far in the preseason as well, he looks like he could be every bit as close to um, a talent as Devontae Adams, which I know sounds like a big call, but he looks that good. Um, Alan Lazard, Nicole Hardman, I think they're going to be there two and three. Um, they've got Randall Cobb there, but I think he's more of a, a mentor for these guys, maybe even a messenger um, for Aaron Rodgers as well. I think, you know, watching Hard Knocks, seeing him speak to the young wide receivers and say, hey, you've got to build the trust of Aaron Rodgers before he's going to start throwing you the ball. Um, Alan Lazard could have some, you know, week-to-week upside, someone that Aaron Rodgers obviously trusts and does target a lot in the red zone. Um, so I think he's going to have some – there's going to be some spots where you can start Alan Lazard, you know, some high-point total games um, as well as someone you could take late in drafts. And, you know, plug him in um, in a pinch as well. The tight ends, Tyler Conklin and CJ Uzama. We saw Tyler Conklin be, you know, usable at times as well. If you're completely punting the position, I don't mind picking up Tyler Conklin late in drafts um, as well. But he's not going to be someone that's going to give you top 10 upside. Like he's going to finish as like the tight end 13. And, you know, you if you get a couple good starts and you manage to pick the week where he scores a touchdown, you're very, very happy. Um, 
But as far as the the Jets go, I think this offense is going to be elevated by um, Aaron Rodgers. I think they're going to be you know a team that's competing for um, the Super Bowl come the end of the year. I think that's what they're built to do. The defense looks really good, um, and they'll you know they'll want every piece of Aaron Rodgers firing. You know, considering they've obviously traded for him, they've given him that extension. Um, they'll be expecting the very very best out of him. I'm going to move on to the AFC North now, and I'm going to finish on the AFC North for this episode because I don't want it to go. I don't want this to be, you know, an hour and a half long episode, make them hard to listen to. Um, but we'll go to the AFC North, and it's going to be the Baltimore Ravens. Um, haven't seen Lamar Jackson in preseason, which fair enough. I mean, they've got Tyler Huntley and Josh Johnson, who they want to get reps into as well. Um, but I think Lamar Jackson, having re-signed, um, signing that big extension with the Baltimore Ravens this offseason, solidifies this team going forward, I think, um, as being an an elite offense when he's healthy. Um, we've seen him miss a little bit of time, but I think that was probably exaggerated a little bit offseason considering uh, the contract situation they found themselves in. Um, J.K. Dobbins, interesting in the offseason, um, is clearly the running back one um, ahead of Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, Melvin Gordon, who have gotten a run in the preseason. J.K. Dobbins uh, hasn't just yet, but I expect him to be fully healthy, fully recovered from the knee injury anyway. Did have a bit of a hamstring issue earlier in camp. Looks to be over that and back with the team, considering he did have like a little bit of a holdout situation, which is interesting given he hasn't really achieved much at the NFL level. Don't think he had very much leverage at all. I think for the most part, any running back's going to um, excel in this offense, given the threat that Lamar Jackson poses. The wide receiver room, I think, is going to be very interesting to see how it shakes out. It's going to be tough for one of these guys to elevate above the other because I actually think they all are um, really good contributors, and I think they are good players. Um, Rashad Bateman, Odell Beckham Jr., and Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers continues to get um, a lot of hype out of camp, continues to get a lot of positive reports regarding um, how he's performing. Um Obviously, a first-round pick, someone that I really liked coming out of the draft as well. And I think it just shows their commitment to Lamar Jackson, commitment to getting him um, weapons as well. Having their old offensive coordinator leave and bringing in a new offensive coordinator allows them to throw the ball a whole lot more. I think they were very passive and very um, conservative as far as their balance of running and passing the ball. I think we can see Lamar Jackson try and get back to his MVP year where he, he was really efficient throwing the ball. Though His wide receivers were getting open. They were scheming them open. Um, we can see him perform at a higher level than we have seen the last couple of years. But Zay Flowers, I think, definitely contributes to that and could see himself emerge as the legitimate wide receiver one for Lamar Jackson. Odell Beckham Jr. as well. We haven't seen him play in a long time, but they, gee, they paid him a lot of money um, for one year. I think he's going to give it everything he has. He wants to win a Super Bowl. Um, and he think, you know, being friends with Lamar Jackson as well, I think he's really invested into this team. He's got every um, motivation in the world. I don't doubt Odell's motivation. I doubt that his knees are going to be able to hold up. If they can, he looked really good for the Rams when he was last healthy. So again, someone that, you know, given if he could, I could see a world where Odell Beckham Jr. is getting eight targets a game. He's reeling in six. He's giving you 80 yards a game. Um, and then, you know, you think, oh, wow, of course, it's Odell Beckham Jr., of course he's good. Um, but it just has been such a long time since we've seen that. And Rashad Bateman as well, former first-round pick. I think when he's been on the field, especially with Lamar Jackson, has been productive fantasy. We've just only seen it for about a dozen, half a dozen games, um, unfortunately. So if he can stay on the field as well, this wide receiver room um, goes from being realistically last year, it was, it was nothing, to one of the stronger units um, in the NFL if they can, you know, live up to their potential and live up to, you know, the injury expectations around Odell Beckham Jr. as well. 
we obviously know what Mark Andrews is going to give us. He's going to be a top three tight end at a minimum. Has number one tight end potential. He's done it before. He can definitely do it again. Um, someone that I love targeting in the second, you know, even the second to third round, especially on that turn, early third round, take that tight end. Travis Kelsey as well. I'm all for Travis Kelsey in the first round as well, just as a note. Um, but I'd 100% take Mark Andrews in the third. You're getting almost the same amount of value um, as well, but you're getting them two rounds later. So Baltimore Ravens, very exciting offense. Speaking of exciting offenses, Joe Burrow. Early in the uh, in training camp, did have a bit of a scare um, when he was rolling out right. Looked like he'd done a far more serious injury. Um, it turns out he's just strained his calf just a bit. So Joe Burrow is expected to be back for week one. Um, Again, they have come out and said if he's not 100%, we're not going to play him. I think Jamar Chase even said that as well. He goes, I don't care what's wrong with him. If he's not healthy, he's not playing. Um, He cares about his best friend. Um, But I think Joe Burrow is going to play. Again, he's going to be just as good as ever. Um, You know, loves to throw to Jamar Chase, loves to throw to T. Higgins. Um, I think this offense is going to be, you know, really good once again. We've seen the running back room be very, very cloudy um, at times. I think going into the NFL draft, there was a lot of expectation that the Cincinnati Bengals were going to take a running back early. They did end up taking a running back in Chase Brown, but that wasn't until the fifth round. He doesn't really profile as a three-down back, more of like a you know a first and second down grinder. Um, they've got Cress Evans and Travion Williams, who are um, you know pretty talented pass catchers. I wouldn't say that they're you know guys that you have to get on the field on third downs. Um, Joe Mixon, we saw last season, you know produce career highs in the passing game. Obviously, wasn't super consistent on the ground running. You know, I think he had his lowest career total outside of his injured years um, as far as his rushing numbers go with all the clouds that were around him regarding off-field issues they seem to have all passed everything has seemed to you know been blown over um with how much of those accusations were true in the end um i guess we'll never know as far as his playing um potential this season looks like there isn't going to be no suspension there is no legal action um regarding joe mixon he looks like he's going to be clear to play entirely this season He's someone that's going late in drafts. I mean, he's going as like the running back 15, 16, 17. As someone that's finished as a top 10 running back like every year for the last like four years outside of injury, um, he's someone that you're getting a really good value on. It's not going to be pretty. You're not going to enjoy it. Um, but Joe Mixon's going to finish as a top 10 running back again as far as I'm concerned. Um, they've shown no interest in replacing him, going to sign another guy. Um, they restructured his contract. They don't have to, I think he took a $4 million pay cut this year and next year. Even that restructure makes it look like he potentially is going to be on the team next year given the you know amount of guaranteed money. Obviously, his body has to hold up, has been doing it for a long time now. Um, the wide receiver room for Cincinnati Bengals, as good as any in the entire NFL and has everything to do with Jamar Chase. Um, again, is probably going to be arguably the wide receiver one in the entire NFL this season. Um him and Jamar and Justin Jefferson, arguably just as talented as each other. Um, I'm probably going to go Justin Jefferson ahead of Jamar Chase as far as talent and fantasy, but Jamar Chase is definitely going to make a case for that this season. Um, have no problem taking him inside the first five picks um, of, of our, the first round of fantasy drafts. Um, he's going to be incredible this season. T Higgins as well. He's someone that a lot of people are very high on, and I think it's more in the dynasty space as far as the redraft space. Because I think his price in redraft, I believe, he's going like the you know back end of the third, early fourth round. He's going very, very high in dynasty drafts. So I think he's someone that falls into the range of you know the wide receiver twelve to wide receiver eighteen, as opposed to someone that a lot of people think could fall into the wide receiver you know eight to. 
12 range. I just don't think he has that kind of upside with Jamar Chase there. Um, I know people you know, bring up like, oh, the target numbers. You know, T. Higgins is targeted just as much as Jamar Chase when they're both on the field. Um, but he doesn't have explosive plays like Jamar Chase. He doesn't catch touchdowns like Jamar Chase. Um, does a great job of moving the sticks, although he's a bigger body. Jamar Chase is that red zone target. It's Joe Mixon that they run the ball very heavily inside the red zone. Um, they, you know, they get the tight ends involved. And Tyler Boyd always, you know, managed to catch four or five touchdowns and steal them away. I don't think we're going to see a 12-touchdown game uh, year season from T. Higgins where you're going to see that from Jamar Chase. So he's someone that I think gets a little bit um, too much love in the dynasty space. But again, it's going to be a very solid if you can get him as your wide receiver too um, in redraft leagues. You're looking very, very solid as well. The Cleveland Browns. Now, Deshaun Watson. He is back. Um, we saw, you know, him late last season. Um, struggled at times. Um, I think he was just someone that hadn't played football in a year. So I think Jerome Watson is going to be elite this season. I think the Cleveland Browns are going to have an elite offense. Um, they've got the pieces um, to do that, I believe. You know, people. Some people may think that they're you know light at wide receiver. I would disagree. Um, but Deshaun Watson is going to be very, very good this season. Looks sharp. All reports out of camp have been really good. Has looked sharp in the preseason as well. It also looks like the Cleveland Browns has found themselves a genuine backup quarterback in Dorian Thompson Robinson. Um, again, someone I picked up. If you're a dynasty league, pick him up. Put him on your um, put him on your taxi squad. If he's as good as, you know, what he looked like in the preseason, he's going to get a shot somewhere. And then as soon as he gets a shot and if he looks good, the acquisition price is going to be tenfold what it was going to cost you, like 10 fab when he, you know, he went off in that preseason game. Just burn the 10 fab. If he's no good, cut him. But if something does happen and they do end up, does end up getting a shot two years down the track, um, he's someone that you could then flip for a first-round pick plus or you've got, you know, a genuine starting quarterback for your Superflex teams as well. The running back room is interesting, but I think uh, it's obviously going to be Nick Chubb who's going late first round. I mean, late first round for Nick Chubb who could legitimately be the running back one if they get him involved in the passing game as much as they say they're going to. Um, again, great pick. If, you got, if you're drafting from the late first round, which I know I am in one of my redraft leagues as well, Nick Chubb's exactly who I'm targeting at the 10th pick. Um, I'm going to take him. I'm going to then probably back it up with, you know, another running back in that, you know, early second round as well. Um, he's going to get all of the rushing work. He's going to get all of the goal line work. He's the most, arguably the most efficient and best pure runner in the entire NFL. Um, and then we've seen their primary pass catcher in Jerome Ford go down with a hamstring injury. Um, someone who I think, you know, can be nice. They can get healthy and, you know, um, be that pass catching threat that the Browns need him to be. They have recently traded for Pierre Strong. So that does say that they don't have entire faith in Jerome Ford and Demetric Felton um, to, you know, hold down that running back two position um, behind Nick Chubb. That could just be an indication of the extent of Jerome Ford's injury also. As far as the wide receiver room, I mentioned it before, um, a unit that, you know, some people on paper may not believe is very, is talented enough to, you know, be in the upper echelon of the NFL. Um, but Amari Cooper last season with Jacoby Brissett was the wide receiver eight. And then he gets Deshaun Watson. So 
Murray Cooper, someone that's going like as a wide receiver, like 18 or something like that. Complete bargain in redraft. Um, obviously, understanding the contract situation, he's out of contract next year um, as well. And his age is, you know, being 28 years old, 29 years old, the dynasty price for him isn't through the roof. So if you do need another starter and, you, you know, you, you're pushing, you, your team's aging, you don't have any, you know, a large amount of assets to then go and acquire these elite young wide receivers. Um, Murray Cooper's someone you can pick up relatively cheaply as well. Elijah Moore gets a, fr- a fresh start um, away from the Jumbo Jets um, in Cleveland as well. Um, fell out of favour with the coaching staff, it seems, um, at times. Did flash, um, very much did. And, you know, there's a, there's a, I believe it was like a four-game stretch where Elijah Moore was just catching touchdowns, plenty of yardage, looked like, you know, a genuine wide receiver one, if not, you know, wide receiver 1B. Um, now gets to get paired up with Deshaun Watson, plenty of opportunity for targets as well. But I think him and Donovan Peoples-Jones are going to split that wide receiver two role pretty evenly where both of them don't end up being, you know, legitimate playable options every single week. There's going to be spots where, you you know, you'll want them in your lineups as well. Um, Yeah, again, I like to look for high point total games. Um, You know, if you see that the over-under of a game is like 50 points, um, you know, I'm trying to think of like two good offenses like Cleveland Browns if they play the Kansas City Chiefs or something like that. That's the, that's the kind of spot where I'm going to play Elijah Moore or Donovan Peoples-Jones because the chance of them catching a touchdown far higher in that kind of game um, than it is in any others. Um, David Njoku as well. Someone who's continued to improve um, every single year since enter- entering the NFL as a first-round draft pick. Um, could definitely be, you know, a tight end one. Does he have top five potential? No, I don't think he does, purely just because there's other weapons and how heavily they're going to run the ball as well. Um, but again, it's he's a tight end that's going to finish, you know, tight end 10 through tight end 6 or 7. Um, and then he's also going to be able to give you, you know, some pretty good touchdown upside. But he's going to be a tight end outside of the top five that you're going to be looking for. Where can I play him and where can I, where can I get a touchdown out of him this week? Um, so again, if you're going to punt the position, you're going to get... David Njoku in the ninth or 10th round um, doesn't upset me. I think that's a fine strategy to go with. Um, and the final team I'm going to go through on this episode, because again, I don't want to make these too long. I want to be able to split them up and I'll, you know, I'll put in the description which teams we sort of went through um, as well on this episode. But a team that has looked really, really good offensively, um, and it's been a bit of a surprise to me personally, um, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Now, Kenny Pickett had a lot of naysayers um, coming into the NFL, had a lot of naysayers in, in his rookie year. Um, you know, I'm not going to ask you guys to re-watch the tape and listen to me say that Kenny Pickett was by far and away the quarterback one of his draft class, but I, I definitely did say that. I just wasn't very high on the draft class as a whole. I think Kenny Pickett, I did say Kenny Pickett was worthy of being a first-round draft pick as well, just because he's a, he's a good pocket passer as well. It does have a little bit of mobility, which is um, has been shown as well, um, in the, especially in the preseason look really really sharp but he looks like he's um developed his game far more he's getting through multiple reads um i think that's something we didn't see him do in his rookie season we saw deontay johnson and george pickens get a lot of targets but their conversion on those targets was very very low they weren't catching a lot of passes from kenny pickett so i don't think he was getting through his reads fast enough he was staring down a lot of defenders and allowing them to get into better positions to then bat those balls away because I think it it goes without saying Deontay Johnson and George Pickens are very talented wide receivers um but again they just weren't getting the production they almost they almost deserve I suppose 
Um, but he's looked really, really good getting through his reads, getting everyone involved. We've seen Pat Fry with George Pickens, Deontay Johnson, all looking very, very good in this offense. The running back room um, is an interesting one because Najee Harris, obviously the incumbent first-round draft pick a couple of years ago, um, has been productive um, in his first two years. Um, It's shown the ability to catch a lot of passes. It's shown the ability to be durable, um, standing up to a heavy workload. We've seen Jalen Warren as well, a late-round draft pick a couple of seasons ago now, um, really grow into his role as you know, the running back two for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And he's almost played himself into a world where he deserves to get touches um, in this offense as well. Um, We saw him break away and have like a 70-yard touchdown just the other day um, as well and just show his explosiveness, something that Najee Harris probably doesn't have. But I'm not, you know, but Jalen Warren also probably doesn't have the ability to take 25 carries a game like Najee Harris does. Um, So I think... Although Mike Tomlin hasn't done it before, I think Jalen Warren has played himself into a position where he deserves to get touches, um, and I think they're going to do that. I think it you know, ends up being like a 65 or a 70-30 split. Um, some people are going as far as to say that it's going to be a 50-50 split between these two backs, um, which makes things very interesting for Najee Harris owners as well. Um, but I think Najee's still going to be the primary back in this offense just because his ability um, to catch passes, the ability to run the ball between the tackles um, as well, and his ability um, to be a pass blocker as well. I think it sort of makes the offense a bit more well-rounded, um, isn't as obvious as what they're going to do um, in you know on each play. Um, the wide receivers, Deontay Johnson and George Pickens. I think Deontay Johnson last season, hyper-targeted as he always is, um, is going to continue to be hyper-targeted, I think. Kenny Pickett trusts him. Mike Tomlin trusts him. They're going to throw the ball to um, Deontay Johnson very, very often. What he didn't have last season was touchdowns. Now, I think he's not a guy that's going to have double-digit touchdowns, especially not with Kenny Pickett at quarterback. But he is someone that's going to catch more than zero touchdowns. You could bet me on that. Um, so if we see uh, Deontay Johnson catch, t- and, you know, even four, five touchdowns, um, it's not a massive total. Um, he's going to be, you know, a wide receiver too. He's going to give you, you know, be somewhere from wide receiver fifteen to wide receiver twenty-four. Um, and he's going to be valuable for your team. You're getting him at a fair draft price. He's going to be very consistent. You're going to know what you're going to get week to week, and I think there's value in that. George Pickens, though, he's someone that. Early on, I wasn't super in on George Pickens. I think even still, if you you know you see the analytics, you see reception perception, something I really like to look at as well. Um, he doesn't separate from his defender in an elite space. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's a terrible route runner. He can't do it. He can't get open. He's a bum. He's just not an elite player at getting open. He's not someone like a Deontay Johnson. He's not a Jerry Judy. He's not a Garrett Wilson. Um, that's not how he wins. I think he, how he wins is he obviously he can high point the ball. He can win contested catches um, as well. But he's also very – I think he's, his speed gets underrated as well. I think he's going to be that field stretcher for this team uh, more than what Deontay Johnson will be. So I think they need um, that player as well. I think he can fill that role. So Deontay John, uh, not Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, I think as far as genuine upside, I think he has, you know, top 12 upside, which may come across as, you know, big noting and, you know, a bit over the top. But I think even if you speak to my other co-host, Andrew, as well, he's really in on this Pittsburgh Steelers um, team as a whole. If they're going to be as good as they think they can be, um, and Kenny Pickett can be someone that throws for 30 touchdowns and 4,000 yards, 
George Pickens is someone who can have 1,200 yards, 10 touchdowns, and he's going to put himself in that top 12 conversation. I'm not saying he has to have 1,500 yards, double-digit touchdowns, and he's elite. Um, but there's guys like you know Christian Kirk last season who had what I'm trying to think of the numbers. He had like 1,100 yards and like eight touchdowns, finishes like the wide receiver 12. Like why can't George Pickens have that kind of level of production? He's arguably someone who's more talented. Um, so I think he's a really interesting pick, especially at his draft price as well. You can, you can pick him up as like your wide receiver three, um, and then your team becomes very damaging if he does, you know, deliver on that potential. Um, Pat Frymuth as well um, has looked really good in the um, in the preseason as well. He's going to continue to be, you know, that meddling tight end six through tight end eight, um, much safer than the guys like that are going later um, in drafts at the tight end position. Again, if you if you punt the position, you pick him up in like the ninth round. I mean, good luck to you. Like you're not gonna you're not gonna lose sleep at night drafting Pat Frymuth. But you're also not gonna get that top five upside. I think you know they took Darnell Washington as well um, in the NFL draft. I think he's gonna be involved at times. You'd be upset when he catches a touchdown, but it's sort of just the way it is. Um, you know, outside of the you know top five tight ends, realistically, there's gonna be other guys getting involved in the offense. Um, so. I just want to, yeah, again, I'll wrap this one up. We've gone through, you know, a couple of divisions now. We've got two more divisions to go in the AFC. Um, hope you enjoyed. Hope you got a lot out of it. I'm trying to, I tried my best to sort of cut a lot of the fat from preseason, um, get you guys the most important information going into your NFL, into your NFL fantasy football drafts. Best of luck, and we will be back for part two of the AFC, AFC preseason wrap-up.